The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. What then did you go out to see? a man dressed in soft clothing. Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. John the Baptist was a striking fellow. Though living in the Gospels, he looked more like an Old Testament prophet. He was the one who baptized Jesus in the Jordan, recounting it for us in John's Gospel as he watched heaven open as the Father spoke and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. John saw things and he knew things pertaining to Jesus. When we think about John, we think about him as one of those people who was strong and unshaken in the midst of difficulty. He was one of those guys who could bring calm in the midst of trouble. This makes it all the more puzzling that while he was in prison, he sent his disciples asking Jesus the question, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Is John wavering in the faith in his last hours? It would be a reasonable conclusion, but there is more to the story. In John chapter 3, we are told that Jesus went into Judea and baptized. John also is baptizing in another region. 
Suddenly, John's disciples came to him and complained about Jesus and how everyone was going to Jesus to be baptized by him. John responds by defending Jesus. But in John 1 and John 3, John the Baptist makes it clear to the Jews and his own disciples that he is not the Christ. In the face of their grumbling, John says to his disciples, he must increase, but I must decrease. In John 1, John the Baptist points his disciples to Jesus saying, behold the Lamb of God. As it often goes with teachers and disciples, there was great loyalty among John's disciples for John. John's disciples would defend him without question, and they felt like John had been slighted. In addition to this, John's disciples went to Jesus in Matthew chapter 9 and said, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? They were looking with a judging eye to Jesus. They were competitive with Jesus and his disciples. They were leery of him and thought he lacked discipline. To them, Jesus didn't measure up to their rabbi. Luke's gospel provides an interesting vantage point that leads up to John's prison inquiry. In chapter 7, Jesus heals a centurion's servant, and then he raises the son of the widow of Nain from the dead. We are told that fear came upon all, and news was getting out about Jesus. There was starting to be an explosion of miracles and news. So John's disciples go to John in prison to tell him about all these things. So John seizes the opportunity. Go and ask Jesus, are you the coming one or do we look for another? As faithful disciples, they take John's request right to Jesus. Then Jesus says to them, go and tell John what you hear and see. Then Jesus, sounding like Isaiah 35, our Old Testament reading, proceeds to rattle off the miracles. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. But then, Jesus adds something to the list that is not in Isaiah 35. The poor have the gospel preached to them. And then Jesus adds one more thing that makes clear what is happening. Blessed is he who is not scandalized by me. When John's disciples leave to return to John, Jesus turns to the crowd who may be wondering what we're all wondering. Is John weak in prison and struggling to understand Jesus? No. Jesus speaks to the crowd to assure them that John is not a reed shaken by the wind. He is not wavering. 
John is the teacher par excellence. Teaching is often done best when we do not realize we're being taught. John was leading his disciples to look at Jesus and thinking John needed the help. And then their eyes beheld what they needed to know. And so Jesus turns all things around. John knew that he was soon going to be martyred, and he did not want his disciples to wander in the wilderness despising Jesus, the Savior of the nations, and forfeit their salvation. This text is appropriate for this third Sunday in Advent known as Gaudetta, which means to rejoice. In the midst of our Advent preparation, we take a moment on this day for our joy to increase. We too are being taught by John's inquiry. We are not to grow impatient in Advent, nor throughout our journey in this life. Jesus has his ways of doing things and in his time. That last piece of evidence that Jesus gives to John's disciples is important for us today. The poor have the gospel preached to them. This is spiritual poverty. It is a designation for the faithful followers of Jesus journeying in this world and feeling the pull and the tug of the shackles of evil in this world. And the beautiful thing about this last evidence is that the gospel is the enduring gift. In the midst of doubt, Jesus strengthens you through the gospel. In the midst of your sin, Jesus forgives and comforts. In the midst of your worries over sickness and poverty and the world's anger and trouble, Jesus will strengthen you. Faith springs, is strengthened, and peace is given with the hope of the resurrection and our Lord's continual presence. Jesus will not let the world get the best of you when the gospel rings out. The gospel frees you from judgment and condemnation. Hope takes over when Jesus comes. Rejoicing is a present reality even in the midst of a penitential journey. And so it is with life. The holy journey may sometimes be difficult, but when we enter the smoke of incense and sit down to let the gospel envelop us, Jesus calms your souls with forgiveness and hope, for he is patient and kind. He means to turn all things for good, that you may find rest for your souls. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen.